Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Today we're going to look at a reading. It's actually mock test one for the Members Academy and it's a really nice example of a chronological text. That means everything goes in order of time. So it's not difficult. It's a reading passage one and the questions are true, false, not given. So it's a really good chance to practice your understanding of true, false, not given with some easier questions before you move on to do them with a passage three. And as usual with these chronological texts, um, they are related to some famous person. I've never heard of him. It's Alexander Henderson. But You've seen lots of my blogs and podcasts before relating to people like um, Marie Curie or um, the man who discovered purple. They are all on my um, on my blog, freely available for you. And just a quick update about what's new on my blog this week. Um, first of all, today is Valentine's Day. So I created a 15 page quiz thing. It's called a Valentine box of chocolates and it's designed to review conditionals. So it goes through all the conditionals from zero to mixed. Every uh, page or treat has a kind of a little quiz or a song or a poem or something to help make the language more memorable for you. And if you're on my email list, you'll get that just in your inbox. Um, if you're not on my email list, then just sign up for the free 28-day planner and then you'll, you'll be on the list and you'll get everything so you won't miss anything. Um, I do have to delete people when they don't open them because there's a limited number of um, emails that I'm allowed, you know, because I, I pay for it. So um, if, if you are on my list, just I would recommend opening the things that I send from time to time uh, so that you stay on the list and you don't get accidentally deleted. So that's the Valentine's Day uh, conditionals review. And the second thing I posted this week was a post about the difference between willing to and want to. I just got so many um, examples of people saying, I'm willing to do something, like I'm willing to do your course. But it's a completely different meaning from I want to do your course. So if you're not sure about the difference, then do go and have a look at that blog. Um, it goes through examples of when you can use I'm willing to do something. And usually it kind of means you don't want to, but you will do it for a certain condition, maybe because you'll do it for the money or to help somebody. But that is not the same as willing to do it. Um, and there's an example I saw on somebody's IELTS Instagram account and it said, if you are not willing to join the regular IELTS classes, well, that means you're refusing to do it. So if, if this is all sounding a little strange to you, then please go and have a look at that blog. And it, honestly, it will become clearer for you. 
And if I didn't mention it before, there's another blog on there as well, which is about worth and worthy. Another two things I, I see mixed up all the time. So, for example, there is so much free information online. Is it worth buying a course or is it worthy to buy a course? Well, worthy is a completely different meaning, really. So the one you want is, is it worth buying a course worth plus ing so think about the famous makeup advert um is it estee lauder l'oreal um because you're worth it um followed by it or noun or ing and there's a whole list of examples there for you too so there are three new blogs for you to get your teeth into and today we'll get started with this uh, listening um, part one. So it's all about Alexander Henderson. And you can see it's chronological because they say at the start 1831 to 1913. So you know this is going to be okay. Born in Scotland, Henderson emigrated to Canada in 1855 and became a well-known landscape photographer. So the thing is full of dates and it, it starts in 1831 and the questions also have a lot of dates. So although the questions are spread out through the text, they are in order and they are easy to find because of capital letters, for example, the places where he worked and lived, and these numbers. So the first thing starts, Henderson rarely visited the area around Press Estate when he was younger. Now, for me, as soon as I see rarely, I think, oh, well, that's got to be false. I've seen rarely so many times and what you usually find in the text is something saying the opposite. And of course we have it here. It says the family often stayed at Press Castle. Press is a place, I guess, where he was born. Um, and Alexander spent much of his childhood in the area. So we, he stayed often and spent much of his childhood. So the question, he rarely visited the area when he was younger, is clearly false. Secondly, Henderson pursued a business career because it was what his family wanted. Well, follow your gut feeling. Probably yes, isn't it? Probably he did something that his family wanted him to do. So you're looking for the answer to the question, why did he pursue a business career? What it says is, although he never liked the prospect of a business career, he stayed with it to please his family. That's paragraph two. It is correct. Then it moves on to where he went to Canada, Montreal, uh, in 1857, and he became friends with a, another photographer called Notman, so a capital letter again. 
The next question says they were surprised by the results of their 1865 experiment. So you quickly, paragraph three, look at their 1865 experiment and look for information about how they felt. Were they surprised? What does it say? It says the two men made a photographic excursion to Niagara Falls in 1860, and they cooperated on experiments with magnesium flares as a source of artificial light in 1865. That's it. There is no mention of how they felt about it. There are no adjectives ending in ed, like amazed or synonyms. So it's clearly not given. Again, if you're not sure about not given, ask yourself a question. Were they surprised by the results? And if the answer is, I don't know, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But we don't know from the text. So we've had a false, a true, a not given. Number four, there were many similarities between Henderson's early landscapes and those of Notman. Again, this alarm bell word saying many similarities. That's the information that you're looking for in paragraph four. Were they similar? That's all. Number four, in spite of their friendship, their styles of photography were quite different. Their styles of photography were quite different. So were they similar? Were there similarities? No, the answer is false. The next, again, it goes one question per paragraph. It's, it's really not difficult. It's a nice one to practice on. Number five jumps to 1866, the next paragraph. And it says, um, that paragraph says, in 1866, he gave up his business to open a photographic studio. That's it. And the question five says, the studio that Henderson opened in 1866 was close to his home. Ask yourself, was it close to his home? No idea. It does not say where that studio was. Same paragraph, question number six. Henderson gave up portraiture, portraiture is drawing or photographing people, so that he could focus on taking photographs of scenery. So, yeah, it says he dropped portraiture. It says that in the text. So even if you don't know what it means, um, he dropped portraiture. Why? To specialise in landscape photography and other views. To specialise synonym so that he could focus on taking photographs of scenery, synonym, landscape photography, and other views. So number six is true. Number seven, when Henderson began work for the Intercolonial Railway, the Montreal to Halifax line had been finished. Now then, as I'm saying this, I'm highlighting this past perfect. Um, it's a really nice example of when you sometimes have to use past perfect. Um, 
normally I say avoid it, except if, unless you need to use it to show that the time happened before something else. So it says here the Montreal to Halifax line had been finished when he started. But in the text, it says that when he started, the almost completed line. And that's all you need, really. Um, he had a commission along the almost completed line, but it was not completed. So question seven is false. It had not been finished. And question eight, Henderson's last work as a photographer was with the Canadian Pacific Railway. So you look for those capital letters. It actually says in brackets CPR, which is important later. Uh, and you're looking to find, is that his last work? So you keep looking down to almost the last paragraph and it says, um, full-time position with CPR. He continued in this post until 1897 when he retired. So that is true. It was his last job. So pretty easy there, I would say. Six out of ten, not difficult. Then you turn over and you get questions nine to thirteen, which are gap fill. We've already covered the whole text. The questions were spread throughout. And you can presume then that the same will be true of the gap sentences because the, look at the title. The title is Alexander Henderson. It's about his whole life, not just one paragraph. Often the title tells you to focus on one paragraph. Here it's got three subheadings. It says early life, start of photographic career, and then traveling as a professional photographer. So that tells you that you are going to go back right to the start and work your way through it again, looking for the gaps. You are allowed only one word. So early life says he was born in Scotland in 1831. That's the first line. Father was a, and you look for a job. In that first line, he says he was the son of a, successful merchant. Now be careful for the tricks. You need only one word. So no a, uh, no successful, just write merchant. Next it jumps. If you're following the dates, you can turn over again. It jumps to paragraph six, talking about 1866 when he started this career in photography. It says he was taking photos for tourists. Um, and he was successful because most people didn't do that kind of photography because of the time-consuming techniques involved and the weight of the equipment. And when you look at the gap, it says um, people bought Henderson's photos because phot photography took up considerable time and the something was heavy. So what was heavy? Well, we can see the weight of the equipment. And the answer is equipment. 
Um, if you're on Instagram, it's interesting. We talked about this word wait yesterday. And of course, they love it. The spelling is difficult. Uh, the pronunciation is difficult because it's not the same as height. And it causes some kind of grammatical difficulties like how much do you weigh is the verb, um, which is different from how tall are you. It, it just is difficult and they love it. So here you need to know the word weight means heavy and the answer is equipment was heavy. Um, Gap Phil 11 says the photographers, photographs he sold were something or souvenirs. So same paragraph, people wanted to buy photographs as souvenirs of a trip or as gifts. And that's it. Gifts, plural, and one word. Then it moves on to 1870s and 1880s. So you skip a paragraph and the next paragraph eight starts in the 1870s and 80s. He travelled widely. Um, he was especially fond of the wilderness and often travelled by canoe. The Gap says he took many trips along eastern rivers in a. So how did he travel? By canoe. Another tricky word, but luckily it's not the listening. So you don't have to worry about spelling. The spelling is done for you. It's C-A-N-O-E. But again, they do like these tricky spellings. Finally, he worked for Canadian Railways. So that's where you get the CPR, Canadian Pacific Railways. What did he do there? Well, it says where he took photographs of the mountains and the progress of construction. The gap fill says in 1885, he worked for CPR and photographed the something and the railway at Rogers Pass. Rogers Pass is clearly visible in the text. Um, yeah, so the whole sentence in the text says, in 1885, he went west along the Canadian Pacific Railway as far as Rogers Pass, where he took photographs of the mountains. That is the answer. Another tricky word, because people often pronounce it wrongly, they say mountains, but it's mountains. Um, so, Gap fill, often tricky words, tricky spelling, but nothing difficult about this text, I'm happy to say. So if you're just starting out in IELTS, um, this could be a good uh, way to see how you're doing at the moment. Um, remember, you don't need to get 40 out of 40. Um, if you go to my band calculator on my website, you can see that in order to get uh, a seven, I'm quickly Googling it, quickly looking at my website for the calculator because I can never keep in mind what you need. So bandsaw calculator, um, reading scores. Um, okay, in order to get a seven, you need 30. So you can get 10 wrong. Um, so I often tell my students, like this one is 13 um, questions in this part one. 
if you can get say 10 out of 13 then you're aiming you're you're fine to get a 7 if you do, can do that in each part it's it's not scientific it's just as a vague guideline um so that's what you need but if you found that quite easy and you did it quite quickly and got more than 13 um more than 10 right let's say you got 12 or 13 right then um that is a very good sign um that you are managing the academic reading text well so i'd really be interested to know if you've tried this one um and and you know how did you find it what kind of scores were you getting you know were you getting 10 11 12 13 which is fantastic um even anything you know seven eight nine ten that's all still a good score because again going back to the calculator even just to get um well for 5.5 you need 19 so half of those right and you'd be fine so even if you got like six right you know anyway you, you see the point i'm rambling now um yes okay so so that is it do let me know if you have any questions we're on week three of the boot camp for conditional grammar this week and um it's getting difficult i have to say we did our live lesson today second conditional so you post all of your examples and i correct them and we talk about them in the live lesson on sunday um we're going to do that Again, this week, it'll be more difficult, third conditional, but you can always catch up because you have access to the course for six months. So even if you start now, you can still join in, complete the lessons, join in the live lessons, um, and you'll still be uh, well ahead of the game. Okay, thanks very much for listening, guys. Thank you for your support. Come and say hi on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all of those, LinkedIn, and I'll I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.